For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. I'm Joe DeLeon here with Ryan Roberts. It is guard week. We are continuing on our scouting report evaluation episodes for what is a very underwhelming guard class. So we we talked about the first day, Osiris Torrance from Florida and Christian Mahogany from Boston College. I I think we both had positive things to say about those guys. And, And today we're moving on to the bottoming out part of this guard class. Uh, We're not really moving on to anyone exciting. It's not like the other position groups where we have some fun names to talk about. Instead, we're here with Andrew Voorhees from USC and Emil Ekior from Alabama. Uh, And we're going to get to evaluating these guys, Ryan. But both are, I can't even say underwhelming because I, I had not much of an expectation and I was not really that like, surprised or well, excited that i mean that's always my favorite one you don't have expectations going into a film session though because then you just have a real yeah legitimate, but yeah. i had no expectations and they still managed to, to <laughs> not move the needle not move right. the needle for you. Is, is, what's the opposite of moving the needle uh, uh, not, <laughs> not moving the needle okay, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> obviously i meant is there like a, a never mind i <laughs> treading wa- treading water Treading water? That's not what I was going for. Well, it's 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 more so put Makes me to sense, sleep. Though. Put me to sleep. I think is the better better way to. They to put, oh, it. they put you to. I mean, that, that happens with guards. Bored. I was bored. That happens, happens with guards sometimes, though. I mean, it's just kind of the nature of the position at times. It's just usually when you're bored to death, that usually is kind of a good thing, to be honest. <laughs> but yes, but for the wrong reasons. I, I think uh, if you're if you're bored watching a, an offensive lineman it's because they're consistent and they're getting the job done. But like I, when I, and our listeners might've figured this out and you've definitely figured this out. I get excited when guys do stuff that they're not supposed to be doing mm-hmm. athletically or physically. And they're, they're dropping guys and they're, they've got a lot of hit behind their, a lot of weight behind their hits and their blocks. But like, I fell asleep just because like, there's just nothing exciting. There was nothing, you know, good that was happening on tape that I was like, wow, this is a redeeming quality. They've both played a lot of football, man. A whole lot of feet football. I believe. Let me j- double check. Yes, Ekior is entered. A he, so I don't six. mean to cut you off, but but yeah. Voorhees entered when I went to school in 2016. Yeah, man, he's a sixth-year senior coming up this year, and Emil Ekior is a fifth-year senior. So they've played a lot of football. And I told you this before the show. I didn't tell you who because I like organic responses. Oh, but I do like one of these guys for a role. For a specific role, but I know we'll I know we'll get more into that. Obviously, we will get into that. Before we do, though, folks, I want to tell you about today's partner, Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, sports developments, including this year's NHL 
Stanley Cup Finals. This uh, this read is not updated. Thanks. Uh, Major League Baseball and the latest fighting news and even news and even next season's early NFL future. Did you just, sure. say, did you just say I just said nudes. nudes. I just <laughs> said nudes. I'm so disoriented by this bad read. Um, head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up today or receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code believe to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. And folks, don't do what I did last night where you're on a heater. I had five bets in a row, Ryan, that I was I was on a heater. And I confidently placed a bet on the Los Angeles Dodgers to cover a, a minus one and a half spread against the Cincinnati Reds, who are abysmal. I put most of my bankroll, like a significant amount of my bankroll on this bet because I was so cocky. Ryan, turns out I bet on the Los Angeles Angels to cover minus one and a half, and they lost. <laughs> Man. Joe, do you ever win any bets? I just told you I was on a heater. I was on five in a row. Oh, okay, okay. I don't bet baseball. I, I, every time I bet baseball, yeah. Why would anybody? Why would anybody bet baseball? It doesn't make any sense. I need something to bet over the summer, and I was going to oh, try no. and build up my bankroll over the stop, summer. But stop being a degenerate, man. Stop being a degenerate. It's it's not degeneratism. You, you know, you know what? When you were days. when you were when you were doing, yeah, I know it's not. You're right. When I was doing, when you were doing the ad read, I was trying to think of some play on words to joke with you about you saying nudes because that was one of the funniest things that ever happened. That was fantastic. Well, clearly, you haven't listened to the FCS show because the amount of gaffes I have with reads is is far significant because you don't I, you don't I, oh, I knock to me it. off my path as much as, as Sean does. Oh, I listened to it, man. I listened to the one this morning where I think someone made fun of me at one point. Uh, that's why I stopped listening to that show because you guys make. Oh, uh, you're still now. you're still gonna listen. You're still yeah. gonna listen. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, let's talk about these two two players. Let's start with Andrew Voorhees. I thought he was fine, and and for a player who we're, we're talking about, how he's a sixth year guy. He's been there forever at USC, playing left guard last season. I I, I just think that this is like a depth guy. This is a, a late day three player i think that his his footwork for me ryan was a bit sloppy uh one of the things technique wise i I just think overall his technique's not really there one of the things that bugged the hell out of me watching him is his hand placement wasn't great and then he kept doing this goofy thing where he would have his elbows out really really wide while trying to block players and that infuriated me trying to watch him what a weird thing to well, actually that's not a weird thing to notice. It's, it's a technique po- it's issue because you, you yeah, can't posture. You you can't generate force with your elbows out wide. The the technique also, that they teach is they want your elbows in and, and arms in. You're also it's easier to get called for holding well, when you're out I was wide. Go- like I was I was gonna say if your elbows are all, also out wide, that means that your hands are gonna get wider and that leads to holding calls as well. So yes, you're right. correct. So is this a hot take? I don't know if this is a hot take. You tell me what you think about this. All right, because no, uh... I, I, I don't disagree with your your opinion okay. of Andrew Voorhees. I think that he is a l- l- mid to late day three type of player who is yes. a swing player at the next level because he's played spots at tackle and guard during his career, and he has the not, frame for it. He has a good frame, not great length, but I think as a guard at the next level, everything is sufficient. There's no one trait that pops out at you. But everything across the board from a physical perspective is just solid enough, in my opinion. I think he's considerably better than Emil Echior, though. Like considerably. Oh, I don't. Uh, I don't think that's that's a hot take. And I, I believe that both of these guys have very similar 
strength profiles. I would argue that Voorhees has a little bit more. And, and why I would consider Voorhees better than Ekior in this situation is the is the improvement that he has in terms of his size. I know Ekior has mm-hmm. long arms for despite being a six foot two guard, which is weird, but mm-hmm. the size profile allows Voorhees to get away with more of his mistakes than Ekior does. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk more about Ekior, obviously. I right. I have a, a big take about him that I, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll leave it there for now. Let's, let's I, keep I, talking about Voorhees. Yes, I'm sorry. There is something to be said, though, from the offensive line position about guys that have played multiple spots, like a guy like Andrew Voorhees has. He started at multiple games at multiple positions, and he actually played pretty well at left tackle, despite the, the fact that he's not going to be a left tackle at the next level. But he is a guy that I think can get you out of a game at right tackle. I think that he could back up multiple spots. Anytime you can do that and you're 6'6", 325 pounds, and you've played a lot of football, the 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 consistency factor and the experience he has, I think those things all parlay for sticking points on an NFL roster. So I would not be shocked if Andrew, Andrew Voorhees carves out a decent role at the next level as a swing player, sticks around for some time. Starter upside, not much. I, 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 don't, I don't see that in him. But I think I see I see stay power, which I which I like. So if you're going to go into this film session and want Andrew Voorhees to be a starting caliber offensive lineman at the next level, you're going to be a little disappointed. But for me, he has requisite traits and experience that I could look at him and say the kid can stick around as a backup as a swing type player at the right. Next all level. those things definitely equate to a backup quality guard uh, or even as you're saying as a swing tackle he's big enough to play tackle because he's he's six foot five and then he might have been listed at like six foot six based on the the, the scouting information that we had yeah I, I i just the only thing that that irked me on him is he's experienced and he's played all this time but his technique it sucked for a guy who's going into his sixth year i obviously am going to point at clay helton and the usc coaching staff for improperly developing a player like Andrew Voorhees. And maybe his technique is cleaned up now under Lincoln Riley. But I don't think any of his physical traits are, are exciting. Like I don't think there's any no. upside necessarily there because he's not that strong of an athlete. And I don't think he really effectively uses his size as dominantly as maybe he could. Well, I, I think he has a clean frame, though, which is nice to see. And one thing I do like about him, Joe, especially at guard, the kid, the kid plays hard. He ha- he finds work in pass protection specifically. Like he's not just yeah. one of those guys. You talked about it yesterday, where hit your set, nobody over top of you, and you just kind of stand and- there, right? Like that's <laughs> just now he he'll find work, which I which I which I do like to a degree, right? So I, again, I, I think that there's nothing sexy about him, but I do think that he has some stave power as a backup at the next level. I do. I know it's not this. I feel bad for the listeners out there, man, because this is not going to be an exciting episode. I this apologize is, to you I, all. W- w- but this is my whole point when I came into the episode, <laughs> and it's it, it, we're putting everybody to sleep. This is an episode you listen to before bed if you need help falling asleep, folks. Because that's we're talking not about the two most boring players in the draft class. I I think we hit the we've hit not rock bottom in terms of content, but the quality of prospects that we've discussed on the show. This is easily the worst pairing. Well, I would say this though. I would say this. If you want an illustration of how bad the guard class is, we had to do this show. This is only our third pairing of the week. <laughs> we're only on 
Five and six. No, this is our this is our second pairing. Yeah, I know, but we have one that's better tomorrow, right? Like that's a better pairing than this one. Yeah, and it's a little odd circumstantially because we're talking about tackles, undersized tackles that are probably going to get converted to guard at the next level. Which again illustrates how bad this class is. I mean, if you want more proof, we literally had Mm -hmm. to go to tackle converts for this week as well. Can we talk punters or kickers on the next? on the next I, show this week i would be fine with that all right so we're not doing another guard if, show if we're you, only talking you, punters if you can get me names i'll scout punters all right i'll, I'll let me um let me get some because texts out let me let me you're, you're a guy that's, around you're 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 a specialist guy but yet you don't know anyone it's weird i what know enough people <laughs> <laughs> you don't know any that's of these the players the i not I, that's a good point Ryan, I, I want to talk about Ekior though, really quick. So Ekior is a stump. Uh, this guy's a bowling ball. He's Good not word. very he's a, big. To quote, to quote Jody Leone in the last two pockets, I've heard him on. He's a dump truck. <laughs> no, I don't think he's a dump truck because he's not very strong. I don't. I, well, no, but I mean, he looks like a dump truck. He he looks like a like a a, a tree stump is what he looks like. He's very <laughs> stout. He's got strangely long arms. He's got 33 plus inch and arms, half, which is yeah. which is weird. I was fully expecting when I looked up the verified numbers that we have for it to be like 30. <laughs> I was expecting like <laughs> short arms because he's so stumpy, but makes up for it a little bit. Um, he, I was even more put to sleep watching than <laughs> than watching Andrew Voorhees. I think he's a little bit better technically because he's sure. uh, he's on a team that coaches offensive linemen well. I not think, by I think much. He's- I think he's a little better of a mover than Voorhees. Too. Yeah, like a little more explosive. Well, he you know, he should be. <laughs> yeah, smaller. You know, you know, um, you know what I hate about him? I hate some strong word, but one thing that just turns aggressive. me off. Uh-huh. One thing that turns me off about him so much is he is like a. I mean, you called him a stump, right? Like he is yeah. a stockly, stock, stocky, stockly. stocky. We're not. We're, you're stocky. pulling to me right now. Stocky. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> he's a stocky built kid. And yet his power is not very good. And then I'm looking at him and I'm just like, because people are going to be like, oh, he can add weight. Where? Where's he going to add weight? Because at some point you're going to add too much weight. He's maxed out. At some point you're going to add too much weight and you're going to kill what athletic traits that he does have. Because that's the best part of his game right now, in my opinion, is that he moves relatively well for his size. So Mm -hmm. just really odd, man. Because like I looked at it, like you look at his body, you're just kind of like, wow, that dude's going to be a powerhouse. You know, like there's going to be a lot of power in that frame. And there's just not. It's the weirdest thing in the world. I don't get it. The other thing as well with these shorter guards and sometimes guys with these um, these profile tend to be, you know, that that play center. Sorry, is what I'm going to say. They they tend to have really good leverage. Like that tends to be an advantage. I always think back to hearing Sean O'Hara talk about how he was able to win was was getting to his points first and also having the leverage advantage by getting underneath these bigger guys' pads easier. That's why a guy like Aaron Donald on the opposite side of the ball causes so many problems for guards and tackles and centers is because they can't get lower than him because he's so much shorter. Mm-hmm. And I, I like I don't think that, that Ekior uses his leverage to his advantage. I would argue, and I made a note that Voorhees plays a little high, I would argue that Ekior doesn't – it's not that he plays high – but mm-hmm. he could be playing a lot freaking lower for a guy that's only six foot two. It's weird. It's bizarre. And again, you're talking about that strength. I didn't get any dominance. I didn't get any. Wow. He's really no. scooping guys out. He's really popping he's, guys because he's he's low to the ground and he's strong. He's got none of that. 
He's got a weird following too. Cause if you see him uh, in like mock drafts, not like a first round mock draft guy, but like second, third round, they have a meal. Uh, they do. Here, here's the take. You ready and we expo- we, wait, wait, before you get to your take, we, we exposed, yeah. uh, or not exposed. We, we crapped on PFF on the FCS pod for the first 10 minutes, which I know I you that. definitely, you enjoyed. I heard that. Yeah. Wait, what publications are putting this guy in the second, third round? Because clearly it's they haven't been watched there, man. It's been there. It's been there for the last couple of years because he was a guy that was potentially going to leave last year for the draft. So it's been there, man. This guy's got a little bit of fanfare to him, which is a little odd. It is. Weird. But yeah, my take is that I don't think he's a draftable player. UDFA for me. I wouldn't draft him. Yeah, I don't. I honestly did not fully formulate a round projection for him now that I think about it. I did for mm-hmm. Voorhees. I would say seventh round PFA. I, I would agree That's with fair. that be, because all the things that we highlighted here is techniques. Okay. His leverage usage and his, his angles are okay. Could be mm-hmm. better. Yep. Lacks the strength, lacks the length. My man's not getting drafted. And he's also only played one single position in his career too. So the versatility side of everything, you're not mm-hmm. helping yourself at all either. I, this is a weird one, man. This is, I, I, I don't even know what to say about him anymore, to be honest. Like, Emilio Ekior has been a guy that's been talked about for a couple years because he's been – this is – has he been starting for three years or two years? Two I, years uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but he's definitely been a starter for, for a long at time. Le- at least a two-year starter. Maybe – this might be his fourth year of starting. It's at least his third year of starting coming up here. So he's he's played a lot of football, man, and he's just not good. I, I just – I'm sorry, Emil, because – He's an Indiana guy, I think, originally, and I don't know. Yeah, he's just not very good. Ryan, here's uh, Toxic Joe stepping in here. So I, I made my toxic. comments about about Blake Freeland. Yeah, I love being toxic. I, I, I have to say that for the hobbyist scouts, which I like to think I'm not a hobbyist scout. I like to think that we're doing this somewhat professionally mm-hmm. to an extent because we're, you know, we're doing good enough coverage. The hobbyists get upset when you're toxic for pointing out and calling out ways that people evaluate and, and you're talking about how some people are, are high on him and when we did the Blake Freeland episode some people kind of pushed back on my comments on saying like I understand why certain people like Freeland those that don't really understand the game that well are going to love him because he just he wins easily but when you deep dive and when I dove on him a little bit more it was easier to kind of uncover why he's winning and why some of those issues need to be corrected before you can really buy in on him. And I think Ekior fits a similar, fits that that conversation point. It makes sense why people are going to say he deserves to be a second or third round pick. Those that don't really understand the nuances of playing offensive line are going to like him because he's played multiple seasons and he doesn't necessarily lose a lot of reps he he does a fine job playing in the SEC, but when you break him down further, that's when you find the problems with the size, with the length, with the power. And once you're willing to acknowledge those things, that's when you come to the conclusion that we're having right now that he is not worthy of being drafted or at the very least is a sixth or a seventh round pick. Yeah, I just, I don't know, man. Like I, again, I, I, I just don't know what you're. What are, what are you wearing your hat on with him? You know, like it's it's well, that's like, my point. People that don't know what they're talking about are obviously going to be the ones that like him. I, I would I would honestly just love to hear. <clears throat> excuse me, I would love to hear someone's perspective on what is his stay power. What, what is what is it about him that entices you? Because I look at him and I just say, 
You're maxed out, but you're not incredibly powerful. You're a decent athlete, but in order to get your power profile higher, you may have to sacrifice some of your athleticism, and you're not a dominant player, even though you've been playing multiple years and you've only been playing one position. So I, I don't I don't get the Emil Ekior thing. He's got a great name. I love the name. That's a starting level caliber name at the yeah. next level, but he's not a starting caliber player, in my opinion. But before we wrap, just a random point: Who the hell was Alabama's center last year? Mm, he uh, sucks. D- he's worse D- than Ekior. <laughs> D- his name's like Decor or something. D- Decor or something. I'm gonna look it up. They had they had a very inexperienced interior offensive line outside of him. They had the mm-hmm. number seventy is Cohen, the other offensive guard. I remember that one off the top of my head, and the others in the center. As I am stalling for time. Yeah, wait. I'm trying to. Uh, it's it's under the radio. D. It is great um, radio. Um, so I'm stalling for time. Where is D? I think it's. Oh yeah, here it is. His name is Dalcourt. Darian, Darian Dalcourt. Yes, I didn't think he it. was very good either. I, I was. I don't think anyone on that offensive line is very good outside of Evan Neal last year. It was not a good offensive line, man. That was one of the worst offensive lines I've seen Alabama have. It was bad. They had Chris do, Owens do starting have, right tackle, who was a. He's on somebody's preseason roster this year, but he was a six foot two, six foot three backup center at one point, oh, wow. playing right tackle. Evan Neal was the real deal. Went top ten, sure. Let, um, so then you have Ekior and Cohen at guards. Both aren't very good, in my opinion. Then you have the the Dalcourt kid at center. I mean, it just was not do, very good. Do they good. have anybody in the wings that I'm I'm just curious on? That was the weirdest part is they have um, number 65. Do you have the roster still up? Number 65 was uh, a freshman cool. last year. Come on, man. Wait, wait one second. He was a high recruit. They also have a kid named Tommy Brockermeyer, who was a high recruit as well. But number 65 was their biggest recruit. His name... Is escaping me, but he was like a five-star recruit, if I remember correctly. Uh, wait, I got it. Sixty-five. You said yep. sixty-five. Number sixty-five. JC Latham. Oh, JC Latham. Yep. So they have JC Latham and oh, Tommy Brockermeyer. Yep. JC Latham and Tommy Brockermeyer were both true freshmen last year, so I'm assuming they didn't want to throw him into the fire. They also have Tyler Steen, who transferred over from Vanderbilt who could be playing one of the tackles this year. He's not very good, though, either. I'm hoping that they eventually just say, like, okay, Latham and Brockermeyer, you're our sophomore offensive tackles. Like, But I, I don't know if that's what they're going to do. Because, yeah. Well, it is going to be an interesting year for this Alabama offensive line. Guard talk in June, folks. You have to really be addicted to football to love this crap. But, folks, thank you for tuning in. At Joe DeLeon, at Rise and Draft, at NFL Prospects Pod. Hack City on YouTube and wherever you can find us for audio. Enjoy the rest of your day, folks. We will be back with another very tantalizing and exciting discussion. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.